0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the SWAT radio program on Monday, May 2nd, I think. And I am David Gray in for Taylor Johnson and. Doug, Doug's having trouble I, hearing me. We're having no, technical no, no. difficulties no, already. Oh, I'm right. blowing yeah, his ears out. Who, okay.
1: Whoever was here before me was hard of hear. <laughs> yeah, I'm very glad to have you back, and I love your voice. I just needed to tone down just a little bit. It's a Monday. It's I the, I get that, that one right there. I
0: get that at home sometimes too, Doug.
1: There, uh, Kelly, Kelly, there no, you go. She would never yeah, say just that. Just a little more. There you go. That's much better. Okay. Thank you. You're wow, welcome. it is a Monday day. Always good to have you in the studio. Um, we are uh, excited. I, I get lots of feedback for you and uh, Brad being on here.
0: Always and, glad to be here.
1: Yeah, it's good to have you. And uh, you know, Monday's hard to believe. It's May second. I know. May.
0: I know. Isn't it, that crazy? It, it has flown by.
1: Big, for you, you're a big baseball guy. And well,
0: historically, I always have been.
1: Um, it's that time of year too, right? I this, you know, when we were growing up, to date us just a little bit, baseball used to be baseball apple pie I mean right Summertime. absolutely and and it was about this time that we started looking forward to the end of May when school was out right and we would play summer ball in fact I think we would probably uh, start getting ready getting our arms thrown and stuff yep but we never played till June yeah.
0: Yeah, but well, now they
1: start playing like in February. Well,
0: when I was a kid, and then this is, you know, folks who have listened for a while know I grew up in the Northeast, grew up in Massachusetts, and there was nothing worse than playing baseball um, in high school, in starting in late March into April, and have I, I pitched one time in the snow, oh, oh and God. it's just it's awful. It's awful to try to throw. It's awful to try to hit. Um I guess we did have aluminum bats by the time I was playing but growing up trying to hit with a wooden bat on a cold day man that was tough. But but in terms of professional baseball when I was a kid when the when the moving truck left Fenway Park loaded up with all of the Red Sox uh spring training stuff um that was a that was a harbinger of spring. Now that was February but it gave us hope, right? It gave hope that spring was a on the horizon and that the local papers and the newscasts would always make a big deal out of that moving truck loading up outside Fenway and making the trek to Winter Haven back then. And, and when you'd first see the spring training games on TV as a kid, that was a huge deal for me.
1: So. Well, I can remember at the high school, when we started playing in high school, uh, uh yeah, when we, when we were in high school, uh, it, we would start in January, we we go in the gym because it was cooler in Mississippi. Right. And I can remember times in early spring we would have a, a trash can fire to warm warm ourselves, and it wasn't near as cold as up in Boston right. where you grew up. Right. But uh, but uh, I, I uh, it's that time of year, and it is May second. It is it, it is uh, Steve. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Steve's in here giving me directions. I feel like we're blowing out, Steve. I feel like we're very hot.
0: Yeah. Uh, I've, I've been trying to adjust over here, but I think I'm okay at this point. But Yeah,
1: I think I feel like we're very hot. Like it's almost like there's reverb, don't you? A little you bit. Hear that? Yeah, it's like we might need to get Don in here or something because I am – I, I've adjusted the volume. Yeah.
0: Are you I, hearing me better now?
1: No, you're like blowing my ears out. Oh, okay. So, if hey, if you're listening out there and uh, you have my cell phone number, text me <laughs> and tell me if you're <laughs> blowing us out because uh, it is really loud. But I wanted to say happy birthday today to my mother-in-law, Audrey Sondermeyer. She is 80 years old. Eight zero. Today.
0: Wow. And I know your mother-in-law. She's it, a great lady.
1: Yeah, she is. Eight zero years old she's coming off knee surgery uh it's been a little bit of a rough go so pray for her uh but it's her her 80th birthday eight decades is it wow a, it's a gift to be able to live that long and uh and we're so
0: she's coming she's coming off knee surgery she's going to miss the playoffs i think she is yeah, <laughs> yeah she's on the injured resistance. yeah injured reserve
1: but uh yeah but it, it's hard to believe it's already may and i know that um you know we um, we have a lot going on on Friday. You weren't here. It was Taylor's last right. day. He might come back for some um, for some just guest appearances sure. and sure. stuff. But anyway, he uh, we were talking about this uh, this uh, statistic and article actually came out in New York in the New York Times about the mental health crisis with young people, mm. and a lot of this stuff is coming because uh, because uh, we, um, we have all these things being thrust on kids in elementary school and, uh, and th- these social, cultural, uh, divisive things yep. where people are using them to exp- – they're, they're using them like pawns. Yeah. And there is something going on in Jacksonville. And I, a big kudos to Virginia for the parents up there. If you're listening on The Lighthouse up there, we're so grateful that you guys have kind of led the way in the country of saying we're going to stand up. And there's an opportunity here in Florida. If you live in Duval County, if you live in Duval County, you have an opportunity uh, coming up where you can be involved because tomorrow night um, they are having a school board meeting, and it is a pretty big meeting. Do you remember a few years ago, David, when we had the HRO um, I think it was seventeen, eighteen. we had the big HRO uh, de- debacle downtown. Yes. yes. Um, there, there was a group of LGBTQ lobbies that went around the country. They started in Charlotte, then went to Houston, then came to Jacksonville, trying to change local laws, uh, the bathrooms, and all, all that stuff, right. right? Right. Well, now that same group is going around to school boards. And if you remember, we had Charlene Catherine on not too long ago who is a former lesbian lobbyist who has become a believer, follower of Jesus now and has exposed a lot of the tactics. And she said one of the most important things we can do as believers is to stand up and be involved, you know, after praying, you pray of course. But we have an opportunity because we live in a country where we have the freedom to be an influence for good in our government and in our community and I think about when the children of Israel were in were in Babylon and I think it was Jeremiah that God spoke to and said hey seek the good of those around you mm-hmm. and as believers we should do that and we have an opportunity tonight or not tonight tomorrow night for people who live in Duval County um, if you have children a matter of fact you don't even have to have children that go to the school. You can be a taxpayer. Sure, sure. you can just care about your community and show up. If you have children there, then I encourage you to show up because that there's right now it's I think it's like a uh, a six to one split on the school board of what I would call progressive policies of disregarding parental input mm-hmm. and hiding literally. Uh, information from parents uh, or want to one person Charlotte Joyce we need to be praying for her she's a believer and she's a member of the school board and she's presenting a resolution there that um, really they would love for every parent grandparent in fact any concerned citizen just to show up and you get an opportunity to speak to the school board and tell them, hey, we want you to vote in favor of this resolution. And uh, Aaron DiPetrio is going to call in in a minute. Uh, and he is going to He uh, – we've had Aaron on the yes. program before. Yep. He is uh, he's a, a great young man who has been very involved with Stanford Jacks. And uh, the Stanford Jacks is trying to – help um, mobilize uh, believers and people uh, who believe in Christian values mm-hmm. to stand up and just be be a voice for the those who are really at risk, the victims of this stuff, and who will grow up with some of this depression that we talked about yeah. on Friday. What is the
0: resolution that she's proposing, high level?
1: Uh, well, high level – it's uh, well, I'm gonna let Aaron yeah, know okay. because he's gonna call in. Okay, um, Aaron, I think you're listening. If you can call, you can call 844 777 7928. 844 777 7928 because I know he's listening. And uh, when he calls, he, we may have to take him through the break because I want him to share about this. If you are listening in the Jacksonville area, then you have an opportunity to go. If you're in Virginia, Mississippi, England out west, wherever, you can just pray about this because uh, the word is this is going to be a nationally followed thing, what's going mm, on here. Okay. Uh, almost like what was going like, on in Virginia. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, hey, Aaron, uh, I know you just I uh, saw the light go off. Uh, welcome to SWAT Radio again. How you doing? I'm doing
2: well. Thank you for having me, Doug. Yeah.
1: Hey, so Dave just asked a question. Tell all our listeners out there, Uh, What's the 50-foot, the 50,000-foot view of this resolution? What's it about?
2: Yeah, so the uh, 50,000-foot resolution kind of picture is going back to the legislative session. uh, Governor Ron DeSantis and the Florida legislature passed uh, HB 1557, the Parents' Rights and Education Bill. Uh, It was falsely, you know, kind of tarred and feathered as the Don't Say Gay Bill. Uh, You probably heard about that in the popular uh, pop culture and the media. Uh, unfo- basically, the, the focus of the bill was two main things. Number one is that requiring school districts across the state of Florida to make sure that any time a change occurred to a student's services or monitoring relating to their mental, emotional, or physical health or well-being, the school district must notify the parents. A Simple, basic, ground level uh, – should be common sense. Unfortunately, common sense is anything but common in today's world, as you've talked about many times – and then the second portion of the bill, which was actually just more of a, an additional amendment, more of an add-on, the main portion was the parental notification portion, but the second portion was restricting classroom instruction on sexual orientation or gender identity in kindergarten, kindergarten through third grade uh, or in a manner that's not age-appropriate or developmentally appropriate for higher grades as well in accordance with state standards. Uh, that We could point to across the state of Florida situations and even here in Jacksonville where we've had support guides put out by public schools and administration officials and teachers to where uh, teachers and uh, school administration are going behind parents' backs to push a very radical uh, gender ideology, teaching children all about you know, different sexual orientations. And we're talking about kids that are even pre-puberty. Doug, we're, not t- we're talking about kids that should have no – should not be pushed into this, this sexual revolutionary construct, and they should just be allowed to be children. So this resolution, in a nutshell, this resolution is commending the governor and the legislature for supporting the parents' rights in education law and also seeking to uh, basically encourage the school board to put into action the principles of the parents' rights in education bill because we have numerous violations of this law – within Duval County Public Schools with our uh, so-called LGBTQ support guides that are put forward that intentionally actually state that it is is okay for and it's actually never appropriate for school administration and teacher members to speak to parents about students struggling with sexual orientation or gender identity. So basically to withhold
1: this information from parents. Correct, correct. But you can't give a kid an aspirin at school without the parent knowing about it. But you can't. But, but but you can talk to them about stuff that only parents used to talk to them about. That's crazy. Correct. You know, Correct. that's that's crazy. I, I I well, let me ask you this, Aaron, because I know you've been very involved in a lot of the stuff going on in Tallahassee, and you're very aware, just with Stanford Jacks about the school board here. Um, what what do you think? What What do you think is going to happen? Because there's only. Uh, you know, right now Charlotte Joyce is pretty much the lone voice for this kind of stuff, right?
2: Yes, that is correct. So in terms of the in terms of the future, I really think people are waking up across the nation and here in Northeast Florida. I think COVID is as much as you know, we saw a lot of abuse of government power and, and the regulations and all the mandates that were coming down, I think. The one upside of it is that a lot of people are waking up to the reality that our freedoms are under attack. And I think we especially saw a lot of uh, issues highlighted with a lot of the distance learning and the the uh, online learning where parents, for the first time possibly ever, were actually able to get almost a front row seat to the indoctrination, the propaganda, and the leftist agenda that was being pushed through. Uh, the public school system they were able to see it to where they had not, not been able to access it beforehand so i think a lot of people are waking up and again i think you mentioned it beautifully earlier and uh, this is this is not just for parents that have their kids in public school this is for every single concerned christian citizen here in the city of jacksonville because like it or not whether you you know even if you don't have children that are school age and maybe you have grandchildren in the public schools maybe you don't have children at all but Realize that the children in public schools are going to be the men and women that are going to lead our nation and our city and our state for genera- in the generations to come. if we do not get involved and engage with these individuals and, and you know try- trying to take a stand for righteousness and protecting these children from some of these very harmful and dangerous ideologies, this is going to be the leadership that we're going to be having in the, in the future generation uh, so abso- absolutely.
1: Uh, well, well, real, hey, Aaron, tell people again what time and where it is.
2: Yes, absolutely. So it's going to be at the school board uh, office building on uh, downtown seventeen oh one Prudential Drive, Jacksonville, Florida three two two zero seven. Uh, it's going to be the meeting is going to start at six p.m. I would recommend getting there closer to five, between five and five thirty, because we're expecting a major turnout both in support of the resolution and also in terms of the opposition Uh, my guess is the opposition is probably going to try to pack the building early so i would recommend obviously the earlier you can to five o'clock get there the better and you know fill out a card whether you decide to speak in favor of the resolution or whether you just want to fill out a card signifying your support of it, and that you waive your right, you know, waive your time to speak, but you just want to come and show your support for this resolution and the fact that we need to stop the sexualization of our children through our public schools.
1: That's so, not what so, public schools are for yeah so if you live in duval county again that's tomorrow night at or tomorrow i try to get there again around five uh or so correct and uh Mm -hmm. they they, uh what will you guys be identified in any way the stanford jacks people we all have any kind of identification so people can know
2: i don't know i don't know necessarily i don't know i don't think so on that but i think several of us will be speaking as well and we're going to you know basically state that we are with stanford jacks as we're speaking out so feel free to see any of us afterwards as well to find out how to be able to get involved with the broader stanford jacks vision as well and standing for righteousness here in the city of jacksonville
1: okay one final question for you aaron if people come how do they get to make their voice known to the school board what do they do what's the procedure they show up and what do they do
2: Yes, yeah, so you'll want to look for the speaker cards. You'll want to find the speaker cards. They should be they they should be in a fairly recognizable central place uh, in the school board meeting, potentially in the hallway or inside, depending on how many people are there and how the the setup is. But fill out one of the speaker cards and then turn that in to the school board uh, staff, and they can turn those in to the uh, board members to be able to read out over the over the. Uh, length of
1: the night. So again, that's tomorrow night, school board meeting, Duval County. You, you don't have to have kids in the school. If you're a taxpayer, Correct. you live in Duval County, go Correct. support uh, this resolution that is really just calling on the schools to let parents be involved in the way they should to, to not hide information that's already happened in duval county schools we know it's happened and we need to stand up and say no this is not right we're going to be a voice for truth and for those if you can't go pray pray for them pray for the people that we'll be sharing and pray again for uh, charlotte joyce we yes. want to pray for her as uh, the person who is uh, putting this forward, and Aaron, thank you. Continue to pray for Stanford Jacks. Thanks for joining us today. We we'll appreciate you doing that. Okay,
2: thank, thank you, Doug. It's my pleasure. All God right. bless.
1: Yeah, David, that that is just it, it's. You know, after watching what happened in Virginia, uh, it, it this is not going to go away. no. And, no. As, and as believers, listen, our faith isn't in our government. It's not in in even our local government, our local leaders. But as believers, we can have a voice in things here. And until that voice is taken away, we should exercise that right Right. as believers. Because that's a stewardship issue of our citizens' rights and our responsibilities. We never place our faith in government. Our faith is in God. But we are people here who are passing through, who have been given rights. Yep. And we can use those to really stand for good values <clears throat> yeah. and 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 put forth a, a message that says, hey, this is important. We think this is a good thing. We need to protect our young people.
0: Yeah. Well, Aaron made so many good points, and the one that stands out to me is even if you don't have kids, these kids that are being exposed to this stuff right now and are in school are the kids that are going to be the future leaders <laughs> for everyone uh, living in the area and living in, in Duval County. Um, so that's point number one. So we should all be interested in this. And number two, you know, most people that, that are believers or that at least have conservative leaning tendencies, I think, and I'm speaking in general, tend to be more, Hey, I want to, I want to live my life. I want to be obedient, obedient, I want to do what's right. Um, and they don't necessarily, and I speaking for myself on this a little bit, tend to get involved as much as maybe we should, but we need to remember the opposition is relentless in this yeah, and they will never stop. This all reminds me of, you know I remember when my kids were young and listening to James Dobson back when focus on the family was such a was such a prevalent you know Christian ministry and he was talking about things that were coming that now society kind of looks at and considers almost normal right so this is the extension of that and it's getting more and more extreme and it, and it won't stop
1: it continues it continues to to go and 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 again we may not have control of this in the future uh, we may not be able well we never have control god's always in control but he's given us a stewardship and we have we have uh, an ability to go speak, and, and I think we, we need to take advantage of it. One of the things that Charlene Cothran said not too long ago is that uh, far too often Christians just don't get involved, and so all the LGBTQ lobbyists come, right, and they lobby, and they end up being heard, and it's like the Christians never show up. right. So if you're out there and you live in Duval County, tomorrow night, 5 o'clock at the su- uh, school board meeting, and again— That address is 1701 Prudential Drive, Jacksonville, and uh, it starts at 6. Get there at 5, get a speaker card. Well, uh, this week we are looking at Acts chapter 16, verses 11 through 15, and we're looking at Paul and Barnabas, really it's Paul, I'm sorry, Paul and Silas on this second missionary journey, and um, the week before, last week, we looked at paul picking up timothy and luke as they went back to lystra derby but and they wanted to go into further into asia but god said no and and they ended up holding up at troas and when they held up at troas a vision came and it was a macedonian man who was crying out from help now in Our reading of that, David, when you hear that a Macedonian man is crying out for help prior to being at the study last night, (laughs) would you you have given that any secondary thought other than just a man from Macedonia crying out for help? Not really.
0: Similar to what you used to ask me about before we went to Israel, what I have thought much about, and they were at Caesarea Philippi or they were at Capernaum. I wouldn't have thought too much about those locations. But after being there, of course, that changes. That and of course, after studying this, that changes.
1: But if I, you know, if I said to you, "Hey, it it was a um, it was a man from, you know, uh, well, it wasn't a man. It was a uh, let's say it was it, it was a uh, astrophysicist from MIT crying out." To a small country preacher in Shibuta, Mississippi, right? You you asking him for help to figure out life. You know, I use the example of Billy Graham because right. Billy Graham was just a uh, he was just a country preacher, a boy who grew up on a dairy farm, milking cows, and uh, very uh, simply spoken, and yet he influenced seven presidents. Many more world leaders he got to share with, pray with, and um, because why? Because we have the answers. Yeah,
0: he had the truth.
1: He has the truth. And a believer with a Bible and the knowledge of Jesus can bring truth to the world and help to the world. And I'd shared this story. uh, Lori and I were watching the Chosen live stream a week ago. And they played a video on there of uh, Megan Connors, who was a a former prostitute, uh, but not by choice. She was a prostitute who was abused since she was young, toddler, Mm -hmm. up and through elementary, through junior high, through high school. She was used and abused for the profit of men and the pleasure of men. And and then she went into that lifestyle. She would they put her on drugs to to take away the pain. She was beat up every time she tried to leave that lifestyle. It was just a tragic story, very disturbing story of trafficking. And when I think of her, she said, "Why am I here?" In her interview, she was she was just saying, "I, I was at a place. I just wanted to die. I didn't want to live. I was just thinking, why am I here?" And a believer who has a Bible and the true knowledge of Jesus can help somebody like Megan with questions like where we come from, who we are, why is the world so broken and injured, what's the solution, what, what's where do we find hope? And we can introduce them to the author of the book of life. In fact, we can introduce them to the whole author of life. Mm-hmm. And when we come back, we're going to delve further into this. As we look at um, Acts 16, 11 through 15, because there's people like Megan out there all over that we can help.
3: Mm.
0: We're going to break for the news.
1: Glad you're with
0: us on SWAT Radio. If you have a question or a comment uh, in the second half of the program, you can call 844-777-7928 or send an email to ask at SWATradio.com. We'll be back after the break.
1: Sometimes you win some Sometimes you lose some And right now right now I'm losing bad stood on this stage tonight after night
3: Remind
0: welcome back everyone to the SWAT radio program I'm David Gray and with Doug MacCary from His Light Ministries today and we are glad you're with us. As we said before the break, call us at 844-777-7928. If you have a question or a comment, or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. And Doug, we were just starting to talk about Paul's vision of the man from Macedonia, and you were kind of equating that that would be like somebody from some great think tank like Harvard or Yale or Stanford right calling Billy Graham and asking him for the answers
1: yeah to life like right. you know this this astrophysicist and so um and so where are we in Acts well Paul is getting ready to go he he wants to go to Asia and uh God says no remember last week just as a quick review uh Paul twice he wanted to go from, he couldn't go to Asia, so he wants to go up to Bithynia, and God says no. He takes him to Troas, he's bound by the Aegean Sea, he can't go anywhere, and he has this vision, and he ends up going to Philippi, which was named after Philip of Macedon, the father of Alexander the Great. and Philippi was a classical Greek. Culture, a very powerful city in Macedonia, and you got to remember, As- Macedonia is where uh, Thessalonica was, uh, uh, Athens and Corinth. They're all over in that area, and it really was defined by what I would call the classical Greek culture. When you think of Greek culture, what pops into your mind?
0: Yeah, Plato, Socrates. Yeah,
1: all all those human thinkers. I right. mean, like philosophers, right? Uh, but classic Greek culture was the height of culture. In fact, we still experience it today in our learning institutions on college campuses. If, if you want to be, if you go to whatever college you want to go to and you want to be in the height of that college culture, um, you, you what? You join a yeah, fraternity. Right. You join um, a, a sorority. You go to the Greek, right? I mean, basically, you 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 join the Greek world, right? And so, the Greeks abandon all superstitious belief in God's little G for human reasoning. And and you mentioned Socrates and Plato, and they, um, you know, they had a lot of quotes. You can find all kinds of quotes, but I I just thought it was interesting. If you were, if somebody was introducing you to a way to live your life, okay, this was going to be the basis of your life. Would you really want to follow a guy who says, I'm trying to think, don't confuse me with facts. Mm -hmm. I mean, would you want to follow a guy like that? No. Don't bother me with facts. I'm trying to think about this. We got a lot of that
0: going on today.
1: No kidding. (laughs) No kidding. No, Plato did say those who tell the story rule society, and that's true.
0: Right, we're seeing that.
1: Whoever controls the narrative. But you know what else he said? Love is a serious mental disease. Mm -hmm. Well, there's some that might agree with that. But that's not the view that God has of love, is it? No. No. In fact... God says that we are to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and we're to love our neighbor as ourself. That would go against the mental disease sure. thing. It would be uh, an ideal that God would have for us, or, or a standard. He would really want us to do that in obedience. Socrates is another one uh, who was a philosopher in the Greek culture who said, knowledge is our ultimate good. I would say that pretty much sums up modern man, wouldn't you? Hmm. Well,
0: not only modern man, but think about think about what the gospel writers, what John, what Paul were were battling back then, they're battling gnosticism, right? In large part which was had a, a lot to do with gaining knowledge and the more knowledge you gained, the greater wisdom you know you you attained in terms of what was true. But yet it was based on a, on a a man-made knowledge type of scale as opposed to to god god's truth
1: well think let's just think about what's going on at the school board let's think about our kids growing up you and i have kids that are very similar in age at least our older kids right. our kids were the first one to grow up with computers mm. our kids were the first ones to grow up really by the time they were in high school they would go on the internet And they would be able to search for information that they would not have to filter through mom and dad or an uncle or an aunt or a a neighbor. Right. You and I, when we grew up, we got our information from our teachers, our parents, our family, and trusted – our baseball coach, our football coach. Those were the people that filtered information. Now, it's worse than it was when our kids were growing up. Sure. But – Kids have access to information at very young ages, information they don't need. Yeah. It robs them of their childhood. I think that's one of the believe, reasons that we were talking about on Friday, that there's so much anxiety and depression in young people. David, they're screening eight-year-olds now.
0: Oh, I was reading articles today before we came on about, about pre-K through third graders being taught about you know, anti-racism, and it's really just a racist curriculum is what they're teaching them. They're being taught about, you know, we don't, we all know about the gender stuff. Um, the, the other thing is you were mentioning what our information was filtered through when we were kids. Of course, church was a big source of information too. Mm-hmm. And now if the churches aren't holding to the truth or preaching the whole counsel of God, kids are not getting the right information through a lot of churches as well.
1: Well, and unfortunately, a lot of Young people are leaving the church because they're. It, it's just the the churches are are not communicating to them in a level that that is authentic. First of all, mm. for them, I mean, or they're going the other way and they're they're so authentic that they're not really holding standards of truth, right? Because they don't want to lose them, mm. and it's it's really created issues because the only answers that really matter come from jesus and the bible that's that's the, the everything else really is going to lead to pain depression and 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 really no answers at all mm-hmm. it, they're just short lived stuff and the greek culture ended up in ruins because they collapsed out of they collapsed on their own corruptions because they they failed to buy into God's truth they failed to, they thought that they could figure it out and their truth was superior rome did the same thing because they were looking for something that only god could provide you know i was thinking of um, john 1 in the beginning was the word and the word was with god the word was god and 114 says the word became flesh and dwelt among us And I was thinking even of our culture, certainly Rome and Greek culture, but even our culture in America. When you take Yahweh out of a culture, it's destined to fail. It's just destined to fail. And if you look throughout history, these cultures all collapsed inwardly because they failed to hold to the standards that God said. And it's like a a railroad track. If you put a train on a track, it's going to run fine. But if you take that train off of that track and put it in the desert or on a road, it ain't going to run at all. Mm. It's going to run badly, and it's going to eventually crash. And so w- when we think about our culture, our culture is certainly more postmodern. Uh, the, the Greek culture was more in a modern time where they just sought to live life without God or to find truth without God. In the postmodern culture, the 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 really the mindset is, you know what? We don't even need to bother looking for God because your truth is all that matters. My truth's all that matters. So I can say I'm a girl, even though I have the DNA and the physical body of a male, Mm -hmm. or if I'm a female, uh, I can say I'm a boy. It doesn't matter what my birth certificate says. It doesn't matter what my DNA is. My truth is my truth. But what's interesting is how it it collides with reality. In other words, the other day, there was a female who wanted to be a transgender male and was posing as a transgender male who went to a gynecologist to get birth control pills and got offended that the gynecologist put that she was a female on her thing. Now, I just want you to think about that. If she is not a female... Why does she need female birth control pills?
3: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and it's just insane. It is. It's insane. It's like these people that are males transing to be saying they're transgender females to get put in a female population line, you know, uh, of a jail in the jail in Gen Pop up in, uh, I think, Chicago or somewhere up in that area. And they end up getting three or four of the inmates pregnant. This was all predicted. It's yeah. going to happen because it's the insanity of man's reasoning right. when man is in charge. And so without an infinite personal God and his word, we don't have an answer for our, our world. We don't have an answer for how God created the universe out of nothing, yet it has order. We don't have an answer for the you know the value of a man and a woman. We don't have an uh, uh, an answer for evil without God. Mm -hmm. I mean, how do you define evil? I mean, where did it come from without God? How do you define mercy? How do you define a future without God? We have the answers of hope. And really, that's what this section today is about. It's it's God taking Paul into the middle of Greek culture, planting a Christian flag down saying, I'm claiming this for Christ. I'm mm-hmm. claiming this area using Paul, taking him in. And it's got a surprising twist to it because there's a lot of people in our culture, David, who say that God hates women or the Bible is against women. And what happens today is so great because I want you to imagine Jima, where the Marines are raising the flag, taking the island. Well, that's what's happening in today's passage. God's taking Philippi in Macedonia for his kingdom mm. and the people that raise the flag there, Paul goes there, but guess who he uses? Women. Yep. It's all women that right. are there. Right. And so um
0: Well, when you said that, you know, that there's this myth and lie that the Bible or that God hates women and the Bible is so male centric and all of this, it goes right back to the garden, right? When Satan said to to adam and eve or especially to eve, did did god really say it's this idea of and just like aaron was pointing out the bill in florida has been mislabeled as the don't say gay bill it's this you plant the lie long enough and that's the tactic of the enemy and evil and you plant the lie long enough and then people believe it as truth yeah right and he that's is, what's happening he, here
1: he is the great liar exactly is the father of all lies so
0: the lie that somehow god doesn't like women Nothing could be further from the truth, and I'm glad we're we're looking at this passage. We're going to take a quick break here. Uh, we invite you to come back after the break. Call us at 844-777-7928 or send us an email at ask at SWATRadio.com if you have a question or a comment. We'll be right back.
3: This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. the captive good use for the shame there is good news for the world who walks away there is good news for the doubter the one religion failed
0: welcome back to SWAT radio everyone glad you're with us this is David Gray in with Doug MacCary from His Light Ministries and we are in Acts chapter 16 uh, verses 11 to 15 specifically today, but Doug's kind of been doing a little bit of review and, and setting the stage for this passage.
1: Yeah, just kind of setting the intro. Today's really an intro day. I am going to have you read the passage. It's It's really only five verses, but I want to give our listeners the two principles of the text today, really the the two truths that come out of this text is you know we've been talking a lot as we've gone through acts about us being kingdom priest God called Paul is a kingdom priest Barnabas was a kingdom priest and is a kingdom priest Silas is a kingdom priest we're kingdom priest and priestesses anybody who is following Jesus we are a kingdom of priests and uh, and so as we think about it in that context what we see today is God calling us as uh, kingdom priests uh, to get out of our plans and our comfort zone. So often in the Christian life, we 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 b- start following and we go, okay, we're going to take God and let him improve our plans and, and our a picture of what we should do. But we're his. Mm. It's his plans we follow. And sometimes he takes us outside of our comfort zone. We do our best to fight to stay within it, but that's really what we're going to see in Paul. And then the second principle today is find where he's working and join him there. Are we looking for where God is working? We're trying, We're we're still trying to fit our square into a hole over here that's a, a round peg hole. And God's saying, no, I'm over here working. I want you over here. And so that's what we're going to see in Paul and these these short five verses and i'm gonna have david read it and then really tomorrow we're gonna come back and we're gonna really explore you know getting outside of our plans and comfort zone and also you know what it means to see where god's working and find him there but i i want you to hear the text today it's a very good text in Acts 16
0: okay so this is Acts 16 verses 11 through 15 so setting sail from troas we made it
1: Because if you remember, as we left off last week, we were in chapter 16, verse 10, where Paul had seen the vision. And Luke writes, we sought to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. And how does it start? So, setting sail from Troas. They were obedient. Mm-hmm they were obedient. As Paul said later in his testimony, I was, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. I followed what God told me to do. Have there been times in your life, David, that God made it very clear that he wanted you to go one direction and you went another? Of course. Yeah, I think we yeah. all have experienced that. Yeah. And uh, the beautiful part about the mercy of God is it's new every morning, and God is wants more than anything for you to grow in the knowledge of his grace and holiness. Mm. And that set-apartness means that you're not driven by the values of the world. You're not driven by success in the world. I remember Mother Teresa w- one time was asked about her ministry in Calcutta. If she thought it was successful, and her response stunned the reporter when she said, we know God hasn't called me to be successful.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: He's called me to be faithful. Mm-hmm. And that really applies to you and me, too. So often in life, we we feel like we we have to be successful in the eyes of the world to validate Jesus, as if our success in the world validates him. Right. And I think about, there was a missionary, um, I I still know the missionary, there's still missionaries there, but for 20 plus years, they served over in a Muslim country and didn't have a convert. Mm. And in the eyes of the world, that's terrible. Uh, The success of the world says, wow, nobody, and you're there, but they're not there because of the numbers they're trying to build up. They're there serving God at his command right and so when paul is told by god i want you to go to macedonia he goes it's not where he wants to go it's not where he planned to go but it's where god ultimately wanted him and i think we as believers need to really weigh when god moves in us to go somewhere and you go, well, I don't hear God's voice. I've never heard His voice in sixty years. Mm-hmm. I've never heard an audible voice of God, but yet I've heard Him. Yeah. Without hearing an audible voice. Yep. Yeah. Have you ever had that happen?
0: A- absolutely. And I think it happens. It happens as we're reading Scripture and praying. We get an overwhelming sense of something sometimes, but it also happens. And I think for me, it happens mostly through the prompting of other believers. Right. Um, It's happened with you, with me, you know, talking about going to the Philippines or or going to the north side of Jacksonville or whatever it is that we do for some of these projects that I might not normally think about or want to do on my own. Mm -hmm. I just had this happen. You know, I just as a quick aside, you're going to have our buddy Craig Henderson on tomorrow. And Craig's a good friend uh, that I know from a ministry that Mandarin Presbyterian Church hosts called The Great Banquet. And, again, I won't get into all the details right now, but we just had a a, a great banquet weekend a couple weeks ago, and it's been put off for a couple of years because of because of COVID, and I had kind of a administrator role trying to keep everything moving, uh, kind of an assistant director role in this one, and I wasn't supposed to speak. But a friend of mine who was supposed to speak told me three months ago, I'm just getting the sense that, that you should do this talk. And I'm not saying this having anything to do with me. And my buddy deserves more credit for not just putting it off as his own imagination and saying, oh, I can't put that on David. I need to do that. And I really had some battles in preparing that, and it seemed like it was going to be an overwhelming task to get it done. But we got it done, and God did something with it, right? And and that's the story that might take too long. We'll tell it another day. But God used it in a, in a dramatic way. And, and like I said, my friend— is the one who listened initially and said, I think I'm not supposed to do this. And that he had to be humble about that. And, and, and I have to look at it, of course, like this has nothing to do with me. I'm just the vehicle, except that I'm, because of a lot of the things that we've talked about in SWAT and a lot of the gr- growing and the way the Holy Spirit teaches us, we learn to listen for God's voice and direction through the Scriptures and through prayer and through other believers.
1: Yeah through his word and you know exactly. and, and and there was a time I, I can remember a time in Houston where I I really believed God wanted me to do something and for a couple of years I was going down a road that he he allowed me to go down but I don't think it was the best mm. but he allowed me to do it right I asked for it and I remember being at church one day and the pastor preaching a message Uh, from Ephesians on, you know, living a life worthy of the gospel, basically. Um, And I remember distinctly having this sense that I needed to talk with Lori about what had been going on and where we were and what was going on with me. And I put it off all day. I just didn't approach her. And then at the end of the day, she came to me and said, we need to talk and we ended up talking about it and we both had a tearful repentant heart of what had been going on uh, and it was it was it was more me just basically to make a long story short i i was kind of tired of living off support at mm-hmm. that point mm-hmm. and so i i tried to temp make and my attitude was a lot of people who were in ministry full time as missionaries, itinerants, um, would would be more like beggars a lot of times than ambassadors of the King, and and so for a couple of years I was like a tent maker, and then what happened is um, God just said, no, you need to trust me, mm-hmm. and I repented and I called a couple of people that had tried to warn me against that, the very next weekend. I end up going uh, up to Dallas from Houston, staying with a guy who's never given a dime to ministry or anything, and he ends up becoming the largest monthly donor I'd ever had. Wow. Just unsolicited. Yep. And it was almost like God was saying, you just follow me. Mm-hmm. You just follow me. And I think Paul got that, yep. and, and he went to philippi even though his heart was to go to asia and what we're going to see tomorrow you won't be here but you'll be back on wednesday is we'll be talking about how sometimes god just redirects us even when we may not be obedient to him you know he he, he'll start off gently moving us to go to that area Mm -hmm. Uh, he only steps it up like a parent to a child if we keep walking in disobedience in the same area. Yep. So uh, I hope you'll tune in tomorrow and uh, look what it might mean to get outside of your comfort zone. Yep. Well, we're
0: really glad you've been with us today. As Doug said, tune in tomorrow. Our, our good friend Craig Henderson will be making his SWAT radio debut, and we know he'll do great, um, and we will continue in Acts. Thanks again for being with us. See you tomorrow.